This is Navigating Hospitality and I'm Dr. Allison Green. Usually we talk about the crossroads of social intelligence, business, and the hospitality industry. However, over the next month or so, we will be doing podcasts that are specifically involving local leaders in the hospitality industry. So buckle up, here we go, let's have a listen. Welcome everybody to our Hospitality Roundtable. We are back physically, face-to-face, after long weeks. There has been so much that has gone on. I first uh, would like to just go around the room and make sure that uh, we introduce ourselves and your establishments. Hi, I'm Rick West. I'm uh, owner of Voodoo Barbecue and Grill uh, on Mile Road in uh, University Parkway, also a UWF alumni. Rusty Branch, I'm the Executive Director of the Scamia County BMO. I'm Corey Mobley, General Manager of Johnny Houston's over in Navarre and with the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association. Jean-Pierre Young with the Great Southern Restaurant Group. I'm Rick Fountain, I'm Dean of the College of Business, UWF. And we have DC, are you able, hello? Hey, yeah, this is DC Reeves. Uh, I'm the uh, Vice Chair of Pensacola and owner of Perfect Plain Brewing Company. Okay. And we can hear you loud and clear, so thank you so much for for being on the call. And due to, um, again, we're here at Tanglewood. I'm Allie Green, and we're here at Tanglewood just to close the circle on where we started. Most of us were here on March 19th, I think that was the first day. I'm going back from St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Trying to think of it really quickly. And at that time, everything was new. Everything looked new. we, I have to tell you, we were scared. We didn't know what was going on. There was some news that was um, that came out of this this round table um, that really sparked and scared people. And actually, it came true. And here we are, back and closing the circle a bit on our round table to to talk about how it's going how it's been, but mostly where are we going? And as leaders in the community, and all of you are the leaders, um, I really want to hear today how all of you are doing, first and foremost. Has it, and you can say whatever you want, has it impacted you? Have you looked at, um, are you looking at things differently now that we're at the end? Is it, do you still have a passion for the business? You've seen a lot of heartache go through. Um, and we know that JP's been biking a lot, obviously, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> and I think that's what, I think Gus said at one time he was doing a lot. Um, so anybody want to, how are you guys doing? How's it at the end of it? We're not at the end, we're at the beginning. Um, but I, I look at it, I really look at it as closing a chapter in history. This is a time capsule that we're going to talk about. Um, how are you guys doing? What, what are you feeling? Well, I need a haircut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> See, there's a bad figure, Rusty. <laughs> yeah, now, it, um, you know, like you said, I think we are just in the beginning of figuring out what's going to happen. You know, there's two, there's two thoughts going on right now. There's one saying, 
hey, let's get this back up and running. Let's get let's get things going. And the others are, wait, no, it's too soon. Let's slow down. It's too soon. Um, so I think we're all in that wait and see mode right now. Um, you know, we have uh, decided to go with the twenty five percent capacity because you know when I go out into into stores, I see people socially distancing on their own. It's it's become a it's become a thing. Um, so so we have you know we've we've uh, put our seating in the right positions and mm-hmm. to, to make sure that we're that we are are following the guidelines um, and that it's it's worked so far um, you know I guess the next step will will hopefully we won't see a spike in any any um, any more cases of it um, and we'll see continued flattening and we'll be able to move to the 50 percent and, and, and go on to phase two um, you know, of reopening uh, you know, it's as far as personally, um, I, I think that every the, the the government did a great job. The SBA did a great job of really extending things out there to be able to help businesses and keep them going. I do it also um, think that it's going to be a survival of the fittest. Unfortunately, um, yeah. I think people that were struggling before. Um, might not or they're not going to make it there there's there's you know we've already seen some closings and stuff of different different restaurants that just aren't going to reopen um that being said you know it'll be a new beginning for many too Mm -hmm. and there'll be a lot of opportunities um to to grow people are going to eat and people are going to eat out um they might eat out differently um hopefully things will can you know get back to normal where people aren't uh scared to be in a crowded dining room again when, when the flattening stops um that's that's what i want to see I, I miss seeing my full dining room it's, it's nice to see some yeah. people back in yeah. the dining room um but it's it, it's still it's still you know sad to see, or, or not sad well, it is sad not to see all my uwf faculty and staff and students um uh you know in, in there packing us out every day at, at lunch and, and then um but yeah that's 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 what i'll say Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, Churchill said at the end of 42 that this wasn't the end, this isn't even the beginning of the end, but it is the end of the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where mm-hmm. we're at. And I think right now what it's going to require is a community, because I think what we're going to tend to want to do is go off in our own directions again, where we've been together. But uh, we have to be super strategic and disciplined right now yeah. um, for Escambia County, tourism, restaurants, hotels, amusements. Um, you know, you're talking 20,000 plus jobs, you're talking a billion dollars in economic impact. And so we have to be smart right now to ensure a better future. And I think if we all just sort of run out and try to chase the dollar, um, we could hurt our brand um, and we could do more damage than good. So I think, you know, I, I know you said we've come full circle and this may be the end of this. This, this might be a beginning. Um, or need to be, um, because we, we have to stay strategic, we have to be focused, um, and we need to all be on the same page, or you know, this, this thing could, could go in all sorts of directions at this point. So I think we really, really need to uh, lean into each other at this point. I think, and I'm sitting here, part of, part of the question has always been, how can I, and we talked <clears throat> about my background, but how can I help? because I'm not in it per se, uh, but here we sit and we're in it, and I think there, you're right, Rusty, and I see Corey wanting to jump in, 
So I think that there's a tremendous opportunity maybe to go back to some of the initiatives and passion that we had talked about, Corey, before, um, and maybe I can help be the conduit to that, um, where I'm hearing a need, and I believe as community, we do need to come together closer. So thank you for reiterating that, because eloquently you said that. Thank you for doing yeah. that. But Corey, yeah, yeah, you know, it's our obligation to do, do what's right right now. It wasn't set out in phases for, you know, it was, it was done for a specific reason. Let's get through it. Like you said, now we're at the capacity of 25%. Phase two allows for 75%, and then phase three, hopefully, you know, will be 100% back to normal. But um, again, nothing's gonna, you know, it's not gonna happen overnight the way they shut us down. But I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. You guys have opened up already? Did you guys open up on Monday? Yes, um, we did open up yesterday, actually, the fish house for outdoor dining, mm -hmm. uh, because space, is our friend uh, yeah. is in that establishment. Yeah. So we were able to utilize all the outdoor dining, of course, following the guideline of uh, social distancing. Yeah. And that, that uh, turned out to be a pretty good learning experience for us. Uh, we haven't mm -hmm. used the indoor uh, yet. Uh, just we want to see how it goes. And I think, uh, as everybody has echoed, we, we have to work as a community, uh, not only to educate, because it's going to take a lot. Uh, people are naturally social distancing, but also there are people that are not uh, for whatever right. reason. Uh, right. So I think once they get to our establishment or whatever uh, means or media that we have, we will have to incorporate that part of our uh, business strategy is to educate and let uh, uh, everybody know that this is the new norm, if you will. Yeah. Um, until we get to the phase two and we see some progress um, as far as um, the curve flattening and, and uh, so and so forth. Uh, personally, I think this has been um, a good few weeks uh, to just kind of like sit back and try to not only, I guess the word figure out is going to be a little bit too much, but just trying to understand where we're going right now. Uh, starting with this new beginning, where are we gonna be? Um, I have seen some uh, some data as far as spending um, in the past uh, during you know World War Two or any other tragic moment that happened uh, had happened recession. It had seemed that uh, consumers have spent in the past pretty much the same kind of money dining out and dining in. Hmm. But this one is totally different. Right. Totally different. So this is uh, a new, new thing that we will have to take into consideration once, uh, not only for our brand, for our community to work as a community and see what uh, Florida has to offer, Pensacola has to offer. Uh, we still have great assets here. Uh, how can we, uh, how can we turn you know utilize those assets and get people back into the community? Uh, visiting and enjoying what you know what we have here. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's gonna be a wait and see moment for the next couple of weeks um, as we turn in slowly uh, and figuring out what's gonna happen next. So as you're saying that, and what I've heard from a lot across, um, and again being on on different um, different webinars and 
interviews and whatnot, is part of this is we see it very differently from the background. We see the brands, I'm looking at Rusty, the brands coming out, um, hotel brands coming out with all the safety and sanitation. Um, the big ones um, already are implementing certain things. And we're hearing from, obviously from FRLA, put stuff together, um, or AHLA or NRA are, are putting um, in guidelines of, of best practices and what we should be doing. We're, we've always done that though. We've always done that, right? Mm -hmm. So there's safety right. and sanitation. Right. This is nothing new. But where the concern, and I'm wondering, is how do we best um, get that out to everybody that we no longer are going to be waiting for a table, sitting around the bar, or hanging out in masses um, out on the deck waiting for um, a table to begin. Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, at Rick and going up to the cashiers, you can no longer be huddled around looking at menus and things like that. So it's this, we've always done it, but how do we get that message out in a better way without, I guess, making our precious customers and guests upset, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, that's kind of what I'm wondering as well. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a learning curve. People in this industry, as we know best, sometimes come out and, you know, they're not always understanding or maybe appreciative as to what we do not only in the community spotlight, but just feeding people in general. You have people that come out and, you know, get upset with long wait times or, you know, get upset with, you know, issues that occur. And I think now is the time for people to, to really, really understand what we're going through as like business operators and owners. We, we <laughs> all of this is new to us, you know? We're used to opening the doors, you turn the open sign on and hopefully your dining room, you know, floods. and you know you're feeding everybody but now that's not that's not the case you have to look back how you can you know limit your seating and that limits your capacity do you have enough staff on um, do you have too much staff I mean there's a lot of questions that come into play here so I think I hope hope hopefully that everyone's patient and understanding as we continue to you know move through these waters yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the good thing is you know with the guidelines and the phase that are right. already set in mm -hmm. place will give us the opportunity to learn more mm -hmm. as you have mentioned um, what are we going to do when somebody shows up in your establishment and you don't have a table you don't have a seat after you know uh, what, what are you going to do and it's something that's been we've been scratching our head and trying to figure out what is there are you going to tell them wait in your car until you know, it's ready, I will bring you maybe a cocktail or a little appetizer or whatever that might be to incite them, uh, to invite them, you know, to, to wait. To wait. Yeah. Uh, so where is the waiting area going to be now? Um, are you going to be able to control social distancing if waiting area is in a parking lot or, um, or, in, their going, or, in, their, or in their car or, you know, how are we going to communicate with Early when your table is ready and all those, you know, all those things. So you're right. It's uh, there are a lot of questions <laughs> that are still unanswered. Um, but I think that as we moving through this uh, this first phase, we will be able to to figure out a lot of things. 
And I think that, and part of, part of what has come out here is the strengthening of your standard operating procedures. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, Some definitives. And, <laughs> and more I, importantly, just being able to uh, to show or to make it apparent that mm -hmm. there have been strength with this, all these uh, sanitation procedures that we have been doing, um, but just putting it out there in the, you know in the eye of the, our precious customers, as you mentioned, and to make them feel safe and understand that. Uh, when they go to an establishment or a hotel, restaurant, whatever that might be, um, they are in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. um, so we will have to educate also our staff yeah. to to be more, you know, cognizant about what's what how they're doing it and what so people can see exactly what we're doing. Okay. Um, in that if you got if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. It becomes even more. Clean as you go. Clean as you go. I'll tell you, RCS. RCS, the training leg, mm -hmm. is uh, working up on an educational piece that'll come out. Hopefully, hopefully by phase two, I would assume not, so they don't miss the ball on this, but. Um, yeah, where, where your staff or the establishment can get a certificate or some type of sticker to put on the door that says, like, you know, we've gone through a coronavirus sanitation program to make sure that all of our practices are up to, you know, the standards of, like you said. And so for that consumer, when they come to the door, they, they grab the door, is. they see that sticker, just something yeah. to give them a little more confidence. Like, okay, they're taking extra measures. I feel safe in here. Yeah, so, and so what we're really talking about, because we know you keep your restaurants clean, keep your yeah. hotels clean, mm -hmm. is security theater, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you want the perception, because that's what we're dealing with. We know from the travel data right now that people are dreaming, quote unquote, of traveling, yeah. but people are afraid to travel, right? So they're not booking. We're not seeing any bookings really registering out until November. But part of that is just the psyche of, am I going to be safe? Are my kids going to be safe? And so... Again, you, you, you're sanitizing, you're, we're cleaning rooms, you're making sure your uh, restaurants and kitchens are clean. So it's the, it's the theater you put around that. And that's the sort of thing I think groups like this can begin to brainstorm and talk about that can be shared across. So that as Escambia County, Pensacola, Pensacola Beach, Perdido Key is viewed as uh, a safe place to be. That's gonna be a key uh, distinction between other destinations that are trying to run to just reopen. And Rusty, you, and I'm leaning over here just to, I had hoped um, that Nicole was on here as well, but no, um, is, can you kind of talk about the, you mentioned November, uh, we originally thought that our bookings would be really being driven, are people, do you, can you share anything with us, the trends, what we're looking at, and um, because I think it all goes together with with hospitality, if you will. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Griffith was supposed to be um, on here as well with the Blue Wahoos. We're waiting to hear about that. Um, but can you kind of share what's yeah. happening? Yeah, so two Sundays ago, IHG said that the northern Gulf Coast of the southeast United States, which is Gulf Shores, Panama City Beach, was the most searched uh, vacation destination in the world um, and so people are looking what? Right? our data says that uh, folks are quote-unquote dreaming 
that uh, of vacationing. The beach is a safe alternative and part of the marketing effort from Visit Pensacola is going to be wide open spaces, mm -hmm. right? Distancing. Um, you're not going to go to cities this summer. You're not going to go to events or amusement parks. Uh, what we think probably are beaches, national parks, mountainous areas are going to be the place that people travel if they travel. Okay. Um, we know that usually mothers drive vacation travel. Yeah. They are the bookers, they're the searchers. Yeah. And so when we survey those mothers, they're also dreaming again of traveling, but they're concerned about are my kids, are we going to be safe as a family if we go here? So that's, that's, a, that's an opportunity for us to distinguish. And I think beaches um, that are wide open, that aren't historically, you know, you, you take a Fort Lauderdale or Daytona Beach, the idea is that it's just, it's just shoulder to shoulder, right? Um, one of the reasons why we've worked and pushed with the National Park Service as Pensacola Beach opened for them to open as soon as possible, especially yes. 399, yeah. because that, that disperses the crowds mm -hmm. throughout that 28 miles mm -hmm. of beach. Um, so, but the booking trends still look way out until November. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nobody's looking at flying, so, but good for us, we're not a fly market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what Visit Pensacola is going to do is they're going to roll out initially a staycation kind of campaign just for locals, which is interesting. In, interesting. in concert with phase one, what the governor's trying to do. But then very quickly, probably in the middle of this month, we're going to start, they're going to start looking at three of our key drive markets, I think Jackson, Birmingham, and testing some messaging to those drive markets. Because we do think that people, when it's safe, are going to want to leave. Um, they don't want to go to big crowded areas. Uh, one problem we have right now with that perception is that folks seem to be more open to vacation rentals. The idea of I'm going to isolate in a beach house or in a condo, those are closed. So those folks are being you know, inundated with calls and reservation requests. The hotels, uh, folks feel a little less safe there. They're open. Um, we have seen some increase in hotel occupancy since the beach reopened, but it wasn't the same as, as we thought it would be, um, which again gets back to the idea, am I safe here? Am I going to be pushing buttons on an elevator? Um, and so hopefully a, a part of what we'll do in uh, the hotel side of things is to begin to focus on that messaging of it's safer and what are we doing and really pushing that out so folks do feel safe. But until the vacation, uh, short-term vacation rentals, are open back up. I think we'll still lag behind. Orange Beach and Gulf Shores opened theirs last week, and uh, they are booked out. Yep. Um, I mean, they are. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is wide open over there, and yeah. that could be a bad thing, right? I yeah. think they opened up quickly and went after the dollar, and it may pan out in the end and be okay, but it could also have backlash if there's case outbreaks and you know those sorts of things and, and hurt them in the long term. So we again, we have to be. Uh, slow, but I think that that security theater um, again not that there's not security and safety But we have to promote that that has to be out front, you know signs on doors and stickers and certifications and promoting that as a community, but right now folks are very hesitant uh, to travel um, and so but the good thing is beaches are one of the few things that they're open to and drive markets that IHG data suggests to us that folks probably from Texas yeah. to the Midwest, over to the Baltimore, D.C. area, which really are, you know, potentially our drive markets from therein, um, that, uh, that those folks are looking for somewhere to go. And so hopefully those dreams will turn to reality. Yeah. Did you see that STR report that said Texas and Florida? They took the lead in the occupancy gains for hotels and everything like that. So 
And again, it's, yeah, I mean, we can go to the hotel, right? But that's, because <laughs> I love talking about that. You mm-hmm. know, IHD is near and dear to my heart. Um, but I totally agree with that, and it is the perception, so it only helps all of us. So how do we connect all of that together? And I agree, looking at Corey with, um, and knowing a little bit about um, FRLA with AHLA and, and some of the education that has been going on, um, the two is quick hits in education is in safety and sanitation, um, but also is legal. We need to know legally what is on the back end because we're talking about uh, contracts being uh, canceled, Airbnb and things like that. So interesting. And what was that statistic? We were the first, we were, what was the most it? Most search vacation destination in the world. Yeah. So so with that, this is great. Let's take that time and really shore up and do some great things, which I know that Nicole yeah. and, and Darren now are doing with Visit Pensacola. But you're right. We all need to come together and figure that out along here. Well, I think Todd Thompson, who was unable to be on because there's a right. policy meeting right now at the chamber, um, you know, part of what they're doing with the reopen, reopening recommendations I think we have a great opportunity with three great hospitals to talk about where's the overlap between business and the medical community and you know getting their endorsement in some sense. I mean, one of the things that happened with reopening the beaches wasn't anybody went in opposition to the medical community. We went with the medical community to say it needs to be closed. Now it's okay to be opened. Yeah. And so when you have that kind of support, um, I think that that gives much more validity than just, hey, I'm trying to get my restaurant or my hotel right. and I don't care what happens to anybody else. You know, I just want to want to pay the bills and pay myself. What That's the perception, right? So um, I think what Todd and them are doing, what a group like this could partner with that and bringing folks together could be vitally um, helpful going forward. I do think it's a start. That's what I'm hearing. This is exciting to be part of it. I do think it's, and with Todd, yeah, he was that as well. Um, is that DC? DC, you want to say something? Yeah, um, no, I think the conversation's been good, and I agree with what Rusty said a little while ago about you know being as you know patient as measured as we can. Um, you know, I, I tend to have a, uh, probably uh, maybe it's my nature a, le- a less optimistic view about how close this is to the end. Um, you know, perhaps you know, do we see another? You know, do we get out of into phase three, then back to phase two, then back to phase one? You know, at some point again, uh, down you know during this year, I think that's possible. Um, and you know, to that end, uh, as I know, uh, I've bickered enough about it the last few days. And Corey knows, but you know, <laughs> I I would say a point of frustration, speaking for bar owners, is um, is the way that it's been delineated about outdoor seating at restaurants, twenty five percent occupancy. Um, and and then bars with outdoor occupancy wouldn't have been included in the same um, kind of thing. And while we we all want people to be safe, the thing that we're failing to connect, in my mind, at least at the state level, was um, you know what a plate of food does on a patio that makes it safer than one that doesn't have a plate of food on it. Um, you know, hypothetically, if you put a bowl of pretzels on a Thing, does that make it safer? You know, and I've been kind of tongue in cheek joking, calling it the magical plate of food that goes on a table uh, that makes it safer on one patio and not another. Um, so it's a tough conversation to have because I certainly understand at the state level where I, I, I guess the best way to say it's, it kind of feels heavy handed that it was saying all bars. So whether you're 
you have 10 seats, whether you have a huge outdoor space or whether you're a nightclub in, on Miami Beach, we all kind of kind of got put in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. And I thought there were some other communities that have done probably a better job of that. I think Nashville's one of them where they they capped, you know, a certain number. You, you, you can have 25% occupancy up to a certain number, uh, you know, so if you're a huge place, you can't just have 25% of a huge place. Yeah. Um, it was just a little more thought out. Uh, but I do appreciate at the local level, I know I've, uh, I've talked with, with uh, some people at the county, uh, Mayor Robinson, um, I, I failed to have had somebody come up with an argument yet that makes sense on that, uh, because hypothetically, restaurants are going to now become bars until bars are open, uh, which I, I'm all for, by the way. I, I have so many restaurant friends, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that they're opening. I'm not complaining about that at all. I just think that the... Uh, it's been a pretty heavy-handed delineation, I think, in my mind. And, and there was a lot of things that probably could have been done. They could have said, you know, you're mandated to be seated, which is not happening at restaurants, but could have been put on bars. Or you're mandated to close by a certain time, which is that's still also not mandated for restaurants at this point, but could be for bars, and that would make sense. Um, so they kind of just say, hey, this patio is safe because there's a kitchen in this building, and this patio is not safe because there's not a kitchen in this building. Um, you know, I thought with speaking from a bar owner perspective, I thought was kind of a frustrating point in phase one. And, and what a lot of people will say is, oh, well, hey, phase one may only be a couple of weeks and then we're in phase two. Well, if somebody could promise bar owners that, that would be, I think everybody would understand. But as I said at the beginning, I, I don't know that we don't go back to phase one or we go to phase two, we see a negative curve and then we're back. So nobody can promise from the governor down that, uh, that, that we won't be back in this phase. And so I think that's a kind of a difficult pill to swallow, um, if that makes sense from the bar owner side. Well, it, it, it does. Could it I does. say something to that? Uh-huh. And I, I, I agree with DC, and we we're having the same battle with what's the difference between a vacation rental and a hotel room, other yeah. than you probably less transmissions going on in a vacation rental than a hotel room, so it's actually safer. But um, so in Wisconsin right now, there's no greater lobby than the bar association lobby. They they're not excluded, right? They they can they can have the fifty patrons patrons, um, and so I think that to me, and we see this on the vacation side when we talk to Tallahassee, you know, it's kind of well, there's this, there's that, but ultimately I get these tongue in cheek kind of responses that say, well, you know, the vacation rental folks really don't have that good of a lobby like the hotel folks, right? The American Hotel Lodging Association, um, and so I, I I think what I'm saying is that. With us working together, we have a better chance of having a, a more effective rollout, a more effective messaging um, versus, you know, the bars are trying to do their things, the restaurants are trying to do their things, FRLA is sort of representing both, and they'll take a win on either side. Um, no offense, I, mean, I just think that that's part of it, right? Yeah. So as Pensacola stands together, um, we're able to maybe do what Orange Beach or Destin or Panama City can't do. Um, and I think that's a great opportunity for the university to play a lead role in that because you, as you said in the beginning, you're on the outside of this. Um, because I can assure you, you know, you look at the Wisconsin stuff and that, that bar association is not, I'm not talking about the, the lawyers, I'm talking about the bars. Yeah. It's the most powerful, right? Um, and so they're not going to get left out. Um, they, they've got a cohesive message. They're all in agreement. They're working together. Um, they're able to, to advocate um, for, for what they need. And so I think... The more we can do that as a community uh, together, that's helpful. And somebody has to, to, to facilitate that togetherness. And what I'm going to say to that is um, when we talk about some of these um, 
laws being pushed. So alcohol, how can we sell alcohol now versus how we sold it before? I think right now is the time, and, and what c keeps coming into my mind is what I said at the very beginning of this. You have to be nimble and quick. As leaders, you have to be nimble and quick. That's Those right. that are operating as they were operating before or think they're operating the same way, it's not gonna happen, and That's we've true. seen them go on the wayside, right? Mm -hmm. Um, those without the standard operating procedures have gone on the wayside. But here's where I think that nimble and quick is important because we've never seen this, as, as you've said, JP, we've never seen this before. We want to pull from our, our history on this. And, and to DC's point is now is the time to actually push and change as we go. And we happen to have um, Rick Fountain here, who is a lawyer <laughs> and is our leader. Um, and it is not time to go slow as syrup on mm -hmm. these. We need to make a difference because this is, I'm hearing it from DC. His, his tone of his voice has changed. And I think now is the time that we need to listen to that and make that change. Um, because ultimately it doesn't affect just DC, it's affecting all of us. Mm -hmm. And it's affecting who's coming back and working mm -hmm. at your establishments. Why We no longer are having the conversation of we can't get employees to work. We're now having the conversation of, you know, are, are they safe? Are they all of that? So um, loud and clear, I think, I think we, our charge is really gonna be different going forward, right Dean? Would you like to, you're sitting over there quiet as a mouse. Well, I actually have a couple of thoughts. Uh, driving here today, I was thinking about uh, the old saying, it's a month of Sundays, and it seems like a month of Sundays, and it's barely been a month ago <laughs> that we were here. And I think the thing I've noticed, uh, one, I think that college business at the University of West Florida ought to be an economic engine part of growing the economy uh, and the business in this community and that's been one of our goals and I thought a lot about uh, Dr. Green was working on putting a good advisory group together for her department global hospitality and tourism management and what a great opportunity we've had for talented people to come together and I dare say if dire circumstances had not given us the time. No one could have taken the time to come to these meetings and to be uh, intuitive about what's going on. And the compassion for each other I've seen has really given me hope that going forward when we have a, instead of just having semi-annual advisory meetings where we get together because we had to go and we're trying to figure out how we get out of our busy schedules, that we will take time to be reflective and work together the compassion for each other has really been personally uh, touching for me. So I see uh, we've come together closer, we know one another better, and I think we'll have meaningful dialogue going forward. This is maybe the closing the loop on this phase of what Allie, Allie's been doing, but I hope we'll stay together and be engaged and take time and say, this is important work important to what we do in our futures. We're more reflective now than I, I remember ever in my lifetime. Maybe Vietnam War had us reflecting a lot if we were facing the draft, but 
Um, I'm, I'm just so honored to, to be around and see the leaders come together and say, we're, we're going to work. DC is excited that restaurants can go back to work, even though it, he's negatively impacted. I don't think we had time to think about that before. So mm -hmm. thank you for not only what you've done as leaders in this community, but you have given time to do, I think, what's been important work. And we, we look back in a time capsule, we'll see leadership emerge. And I hope you'll be a part of what we do at the University of West Florida. And I hope we'll be more of a part of what you do. I think uh, we can have great partnership there. So thank you for letting me say that. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a thrilling opportunity to work with you and to listen to you. I've learned so much from you and I don't want it to end when we get back in our 24-7 work-a-day world that we will set, a time, uh, set aside time to get together and do meaningful. I think our advisory groups will be more meaningful now. And I'm going to butt in and say this is really authentically this started just as gathering and getting to know and I'm so so happy to do that. Uh, Rick stepped in <clears throat> as of January. His, <laughs> his charge was to basically be the outward facing dean, which he does very well. He's, he's known in the community and he loves getting out and, and meeting people and, and just, you know, a very smart man, humble and smart man, but very compassionate. And that's, I've known, I've known Rick because we were chairs together and we have side conversations and lots of all of that. Uh, but I would say this, what I've seen, and I've seen this, I've seen this evolve with all of you leaders. I've seen this evolve inside conversations um, and from the outside. I have not seen Rick since maybe we were here mm -hmm. together, right? Because uh, everything, we're in constant communication, but it's very different is this is that um, compassion is coming through compassion for uh, staff employees for the business compassion for each other um, I mean it's going to continue and I think that's that's a great leadership trait that is what you're hearing from Rick he leads with that first um, which is a great thing and so that's what I keep on seeing come out and hear stories because many you all just represent a small slice of who's out there um and i'm thinking of all these people that rusty you know all the those top leaders i just are busy and compassionate so thank you very much for for seeing that as probably the most important thing and then the second is how can we be better with all of you um, I want to go back and kind of piggyback on the compassion part as well, and that's, and, and it's also what Corey had said, is, you know, dining out has changed for the general public as well, and how do we as owners and operators help, help and have a compassion for people who are coming out to spend their money with us, how do we help them understand that it's it's gonna be different. Um, it's different for us. We wanna we wanna serve you the same way we always have and provide mm -hmm. the products that we've always had. But unfortunately, things that are out of our control are gonna prevent us from doing that. And I and I just hate to know that they're gonna get frustrated and think, gosh, I'm, I'm having to spend my money and I'm not getting what I'm used to. Um, and unfortunately, that's gonna come back on on us and our our, our employees. Um, so they're going to get frustrated now, and I want to keep that part of the compassion going as well. That hey, we're all in this, all in this together. But I mean, for instance, our our brisket prices from last week to this week 
jumped by 45%, 45% in one week. Um, our pork butts, 50, 55%, okay? I'm not gonna go out and jack up my prices just for, you know, for the, because it, it will be fluid, you know, plants have closed, plants will reopen. Um, but it's something that we're gonna have to face. I, I have to look at things and say, okay, well, do I offer all the exact same products that I did before, um, or do I limit some menu items? Do I, how do, how do we do this so we can still service the guests um, uh, cost effectively, um, uh, you know, to where we can continue to operate and pay the bills and still give them what we need? You know, and on one of the calls, probably three or four weeks back, um, we talked about supply chain issues mm -hmm. and right at that yeah. time there were a lot of restaurants that weren't open and, and our suppliers still they had built up inventory so things that weren't perishable were no problem to get. Yeah. Well now, you know, more restaurants are opening, the, the distributors weren't quite ready for it, the manufacturers, they, everyone had, was, was trying to figure it out as well. So now we are having supply chain issues, whether it be uh, cutlery kits, because everybody's getting to-go stuff, right. um, or if it's, uh, you know, cut celery, or you know, whatever it may be. So we're having to, we're having to make accommodations for, for those things. Um, so there's going to be times when when people come to visit a restaurant and they're excited to get one of their favorite items and we're not going to have it. Um, and it's not, it's not that we didn't want to do have it, it's not that we didn't want to prepare it. Um, and gosh, I sure hate that they came all the way to us and not know it. So how do we communicate that part of it to, to the general public? Right. You know? So it's interesting, yesterday Visitants Call had a international uh, marketing specialist on for the tourism and travel week uh, she did a little seminar and one of the key things she said out of this is that people have gotten used to zoom meetings and things like we're doing right now and seeing people in, this is in our home right <laughs> but seeing people in their natural settings and she said there's been a shift and there's an opportunity now for businesses to just be authentic Right, yes. and people to be authentic yeah. to say we're out of food. We yeah. Yeah. times are tough, and we're going to be here for you tomorrow. And so I think there's a good opportunity for for that mm -hmm. to just be blatantly honest with folks, and they'll understand because they you know they're in their shorts at home doing work, and they yeah. understand that it's not as as polished as it once was. Mm -hmm. But I'll say one thing about the compassion. We know from Hurricane Ivan and 08, compassion is going to fade quickly. Yeah, well, yeah. that's right. After Hurricane Ivan, I barbecued with my neighbor till his freezer stuff went out, and then he barbecued with me, and we were best friends and then didn't see each other after that. <laughs> um, so the key, though, is to capitalize on the compassion and availability and willingness to work together that we have right now yeah. not to say we've got it and hope it's there in three months or One months, months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. but I think there's such an opportunity right now to seize this for change um, one of the mm -hmm. things we've seen the gov I mean the mayor opened uh, outdoor seating in Pensacola Friday the governor didn't do it till Monday so that tells me he's got some ability and some authority mm -hmm. right to make some changes and doesn't have to wait necessarily on the governor or the county so as we are, as a community, are communicating at a local level, and we're, we're, we've got everybody available, and everybody's ready to, the bars are ready to step in for the restaurants, and the hoteliers are going to step in for retail, and we're all going to be together. That's a, that's a loud voice. Yeah, that, um, straight the numbers. Yeah, we could seize that opportunity right now, because it won't be here in August if yes. things right. are rolling in July in some sense. Yeah. So. I hear you loud and clear, Rusty, and thanks again for bringing that up, because mm -hmm. I, I do see that as an opportunity, Dean, to, um, to really have you lead a big, here, let me just throw that back, that, 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 <laughs> <laughs> at 
the big guy right there. It's um, recorded, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't missed any meals. <laughs> but I will say this, the compassion may not be then we'll get busy. Uh, maybe we have twice a year meetings if you're on our advisory councils, but I think what will be different is our work will be more meaningful yes, sir. if it's just twice a year. I, I don't think y'all, you will ever look at the University of West Florida and its role quite the same. We, we won't look at your roles quite the same. We have so such a different perception of what leadership looks like in, in difficult times. So maybe some of the compassion goes away and we get competitive again. But I think the one lesson we take that when we have meetings, mm -hmm. they will be meaningful. They yes. won't just be, well, I've got to go to that semi-annual meeting. That we, we really work together in tough times, and we're going to work together in the good times to make it even better. And take advantage of the University of West Florida and what, what the resources we have to help be an economic mm -hmm. engine. So I, I come away with encouragement. It's not just compassion. I, I've loved how we've worked together, but I... I see this as the beginning of better relationships. I talk about that a lot. Um, the, the provost at the university said to us, I think last Tuesday in our group meeting, uh, virtual meeting, that we've done so well working remotely on some issues. We have more hours in a day now. So maybe as we go forward, we set aside a half a day where we work remotely and we're reflective. And I, I think we've changed in the way we're going to work. And so I think we've changed in the way we're going to continue to work together as a group. And Allie Green has done a great job. She is a model on our campus of what leadership looks like getting out in the community. And I think the whole university really owes her a debt. And she was able to do that because y'all were leaders who in time of peril and unknown stepped up and, and met with us. And think about that. I'm, I'm just tickled that you did that. It's, it's been great. And I'm rolling my eyes over here, you know, or it's only because I love the industry and, you know, my foot's half in the industry, half yeah. out of the industry and all of that. Um, so I would, because we're getting, we're, thank you for your time, first and foremost, I, I never said that. Uh, we're getting close to 10 o'clock, which I only want to do half an hour, 45, but since we're here. Um, so, so time capsule, what do we want to remember? And I want to go around the table. What do we want to remember? You've had, all of us have reflected. All of us have time to really, whether it was coming here. Um, what, what is it that we want to just kind of preserve at this very moment? Anybody can go. I'll take, I'll take, you go first. Yes, I think that um, sitting here and, hearing all these great ideas and how we can get together, uh, come together as a community is really uh, mind-blowing. So uh, I think uh, the university and Ali, you've been doing a very good job, but how can we take that message to the next level? Yeah. I think that's what we need to remember, uh, bringing the chamber, visit Pensacola, uh, the mayor's office, you know, the county and all those decision maker just to bring them the information that we have or uh, everything that we have talked about here at this level or you know you name it visit Pensacola or the other things that how can we have the same message and help the decision maker uh, our mayor or our county commissioners or our governor make the right decision moving forward yeah, yeah. 
Correct. Connectivity. I, I think that's, yeah. you know, staying stay connected. Um, I'll tell you, I, I told someone, I looked at my cell phone bill for the month of April and had like over 2,000 minutes at, on the phone or something like that. Like 40 hours worth of talking. And to me, that wasn't a bad thing. Someone was like, wow, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing that. For me, it was a great feeling because I knew I had people calling. I knew I could call people. Ask people questions, find out the answers. You know, we spoke, yeah. you know, talk to everybody. You via email, you know. So, um, staying connected with everybody, knowing that uh, whether it's hard times, good times, busy times, that we're all here for each other. We all do the same thing, you know. Um, I can tell you, I've had restaurateurs call me and say, "Hey, do you have chicken wings? I'm out of chicken wings. Mm -hmm. I'll always spare because I hope." If I need some brisket or something, I would call you. And say, hey, can I can I get a, you know get a case from you? I'll return it in a week um, or the next truck. So I think that this this industry you've seen come together during these times, but we've always been together. I think we just get caught up sometimes mm -hmm. in, in our day to day lives that we forget to set time aside. And you've seen it being involved with the associate with the FRLA and everything too. Like, sometimes I mean I get it. Some things come up. You know, you're not gonna be able to make every single function, but um, staying in tune, making sure that everyone has the same message. I mean, that, that's really what it's about. So I think everyone that I've been in contact with the last month, it's been a pleasure and a joy, you know, mm -hmm. learning and adapting alongside them and trying to figure out this mess out, so. Interesting. Yeah, I think probably the one thing I take away is, um, you and I talked before in these meetings and. I guess Ted or Julian had reached out to you and it's like, well, what do we do? What can we do? That sort of thing. And, and we discussed just having a meeting and see where it goes, right? And just sort of seizing that opportunity. And too often we all hope for those kind of things, but nobody takes that role. And so I think just taking away from this that just, just taking that step sometimes that may be unsure or uncomfortable, it, it may fizzle out, but it may lead to something very important. Mm -hmm. And I think this has certainly been an important endeavor, um, you know, so. I think in these sort of moments, it's step forward. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm really just echoing everything that everyone else has already said. But it's, um, you know, be quick to react. Um, know who your resources are and the resources that are available to you and go out and, and, and use those resources. Um, you know, we had a relationship with the SBDC for, for years. Um, and you know, we, we partnered with them for different projects at EWF with the marketing department um, that's been beneficial for both the students as well as for, for our business. Um, and then when this started happening, a counselor reached out to us. Um, I don't know if that's quite true, Savannah. My, my wife might get on me for that. She may have reached out to them. So not, not, uh, <laughs> but either, either way, the SBDC came through for us as a, as a resource that we were able to jump on and get and start looking for help because we didn't, we didn't know what it was. We wanted to, we wanted to be first in line for, for anything that, that was going to happen. Um, you know, Rusty here, I find out, you know, he's my neighbor um, for two years. I didn't know that. Um, I wasn't the one that cooked with him. Or well, I didn't have a band with my logo on the side, this, so I know who you were. That's true. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's an unfair advantage yeah, to a lot yeah. of people. I followed you home a couple times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Smelling the yeah. barbecue. Um, but, knowing, but now knowing Rusty and, and his position and, and the resources that he provides, Corey yeah. and I, I believe, 
were Facebook friends, um, but, I, yeah. I, but I never really hung out or talked. I mean, we've been members of the FLRA. I let that membership lapse because um, I didn't I didn't really know what it was doing for us. Now I see I see that as another resource, another organization. Um, you know, JP, I've seen for years at, at Fish House, um, but never really knew JP. Um, but it's great to come together, and it's not we're not competitors as restaurateurs we're in this industry together um, so so really just using all of those resources um, Allie you know putting this together so quickly that was that was key you know it was it like I said you counted back from St. Patty's Day it was yeah. St. Patty's Day was on Tuesday um, we had just at that point we didn't even have a directive of anything we were still operating at full capacity so, uh, we had taken some quick reactions and started doing uh, took the sauces off of the tables you know different mm -hmm. things like that um, just because we knew people were going to get you know so that was our way quick to react but then jumping on with this this advisory council and meeting um, and it was, it was just another way that, that we were able to be quick. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's the key thing. It's not, not let's sit, don't sit around and wait, let's know who the resources are, and let's jump into it and, and take action. Even if it's the wrong action, at least we're doing something, right? Because yeah. we don't know. We there don't is know. no right and wrong. Right, exactly. And then, like Bryce said, you have to do it. And I'm in agreement with all of that, so thank you. Uh, Dean Fountain. DC. DC's not. DC probably yeah, had. Yeah, step away. Texted. He had an appointment. Yeah, I'm sure he. He's yeah. just a busy guy. Yeah. So, um, Dean Fountain, what what's well, your last? Well, I just encourage you to uh, think of us as your partners as we go forward. Whatever facet of the industry you're in, uh, we're doing a lot of good things with supply chain. Y'all are being impacted with that. Yeah. Allie, yeah. the director of the. Uh, Supply chain center on our campus have been working together. He he copied her idea. He's having these uh, conversations, and you might find those interesting about the some of the things what other folks are doing to protect themselves, coming from experts in that field. So uh, just be available for each other, and and call us to task if we're not being available. And think kindly of when we ask you to join these advisory groups to make time. I think we can do really important work together. I'm I'm going to conclude by by saying thank you. Out of um, out of this, what we're doing um, is going to come some workforce reinforcement mm -hmm. that uh, one of our professors is working on. Um, and so that is up and coming and we'll be excited to talk about that. Also, the first one, we had a former student, an alumni, um, and I know I reached out um, with, and I'm, I can't remember exactly what, what the name of it is. Frontline Foods. Frontline Foods. Yes. And she yeah. actually gave me the number. I think it was, um, she, that is up and going. Yep. So that did come out of this, and yes. they're continuing to do that. So thank you for the participation in it. Thank you all. I know Rusty's ready to go. Um, <laughs> appreciate all of you. I will continue the conversation, though. I will be the point person. Yes, I just, thank you. with thank the you. dean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you all. Thank you all I'm going to stop. <laughs>